It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuck. We're here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, Hope Springs Eternal, maybe next year, and was Campbell underappreciated? It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuck. Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Hitting Hard is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the SiriusXM app and give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. So the Falcons are officially back, right? Today was the first day of practice for the new 2023 season. And listen, hope springs eternal, right? So fans will be able to go up tomorrow, starting tomorrow. We'll be broadcasting from the radio station uh, up there tomorrow. And again, it's football season. So look, there's a lot of expectation with the Atlanta Falcons this coming year. You know, again, whether they win the division, whether they do this, whether they do that, whatever the over-unders are and things like that, I just want to see improvement. You know, and I want to see a, you know, at a minimum, I want to see a winning record. I want to see this thing turn in a positive direction as far as more wins than losses. You know, if they're nine and eight or 10 and seven, and somehow they don't make the playoffs, I'm okay with that. Like my expectation isn't necessarily playoff or bust, but we've got to start to bring this thing into a winning mindset. And I think we have the roster to do it. I know we have the head coach to do it. And I think we have the roster to do it. Now, look, this team has got plenty of flaws. And, and the national media, you know, has pointed those things out and been all over the Falcons. And, you know, can Desmond Ritter be the guy or this, that, and the other? But, again, if you know and you follow the Falcons on an everyday basis, you know, there's a lot of reason for hope and optimism. Now, look. I have my doubts about some certain things. I'm going to have to watch the pass rush develop and they become a top-tier sack team, 38-40 sack team. I'll believe that when I see it because I'm not convinced that that's what's going to happen this year. But obviously, there is a lot of personnel on this team. There's a lot of good young personnel on this team mixed in with some veteran players as well. So again, I'm looking for a season where we're in the plus territory as far as win total goes. You know, minimum nine and eight, 10 and seven. Now, look, you know, again, if this thing explodes and we're 12 or 13 wins, we're going to be the, one of the elite teams in the NFL. If Desmond Ritter is a 3,500, 35 touchdown quarterback, we're going to be one of the elite teams in the NFL. He'll be in the MVP race. That's a lot of what ifs or whatever. But just get this thing turned around. It's been seven and 10 for the last two years. And again, we've been hamstrung by money, you know, this and that. All of their plans at quarterback so far have blown up in their face over these last couple of seasons. So if they get the quarterback right, there's no reason to think that this can't be a franchise that finds itself on a winning track. 
whether you like Matt Ryan or not, that was the greatest era of success in Falcon football history. You always thought that we had a chance, even starting with his rookie year, coming in and surprising everybody. They're going, they went 11 and five in his rookie year. And I think, you know, again, in his first, what, seven years in the league, I think he only had one or maybe two losing seasons, but we were in the mix every year. We were capable of being a playoff team every year. And right now, these first couple of years under Arthur haven't felt like that. I'm not blaming Arthur for that, but it's been a situation where we felt like we haven't had the roster available to us. We haven't had the pieces in place. We haven't had the personnel to be able to get this thing up over the hump. Now, for the first time, there seems to be some light at the end of the tunnel that, okay, we can see some of this road ahead of us, and we're playing a last-place schedule. We're playing a lot of not a very good teams and teams that have lots of question marks. Our division isn't very good. So there are a lot of things that line up for the Atlanta Falcons that this year. There are a lot of things that that line up. I mean, again, I don't know at the end of the day if it's going to be the easiest schedule. I don't know at the end of the day after you know 17 weeks if this division is really as bad as what we think. I don't know all those things. There's a lot of unknowns that come along with it. But at least get me over 500. At least get me to 9 and 8, 10 and 7, and I'll feel better. Even if it means that there's not a playoff scenario where, again, whatever team balls out in the division and we don't find a way to get into the playoffs. Like I said, I'll be okay with that. I want to see growth. I want to see this thing turn in a winning direction because, again, the entire NFL – is about you can be last one year, first the next year. We see it all the time. The Jacksonville Jaguars were a dreadful team a couple of years ago with Urban Meyer starting out as their head coach, and then they won their division last year. So, again, I, I want to see the growth in this team. I want to see growth in our young players. And, look, if we're going to get to, you know, the 9-8, and 10-7, you know, God forbid, 11-6, and six, you know, type of numbers, we're going to have to have our young personnel step up. That's the guys we've drafted high. That's, you know, again, Pitts is four, London's eight, Bijan's eight. You know, Terrell is, you know, what, uh, 20? I think it was what it was. You know, we have high draft capital invested in this team to where now it's got to pay off. And I don't expect everything to come together in one season. But there has to be, again, like I'll take Kyle Pitts. And again, I know people think I rail on him. But again, at some point, this is year what? three, four, whatever, you know, at some point it's got to, it's got to meet expectations, right? You know, there can't be expectations that don't get lived up to. Sometimes they have to get met. And that's true for a lot of players and, and this franchise. Yeah. We expect this thing to get itself back on track, but if it doesn't, again, I don't think Arthur and Terry are getting fired in the off season, but if it doesn't, then we really have to start to question about, What's the direction of our franchise? And I don't really care what the reasons are. I don't care if it's because of money or quarterbacks or whatever. At some point, the excuses have to go away. And we have to hold this team and players and personnel and everybody else accountable for it. So get me to nine, ten wins, and the dice will roll where they roll, right? I mean, the, 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 the division and... The conference and everything else will sort itself out, right? Get me to nine, 10 wins. That probably tells me that 
We run the football effectively. Desmond Ritter's had a pretty good year. Our receivers have had a pretty good year. Defensively, we've been able to hold our own. And, and all these things that are just starting to come together. So even if it's not playoffs for the Atlanta Falcons, you know, like, for instance, use the Detroit Lions last year. They were 9-8. and eight. Does anybody think that their arrow isn't pointed upward? Anybody think that with Aiden Hutchinson and, and Jared Goff and uh, Panay Sewell and the way this direction that their franchise is moving, anybody not think that their arrow was pointed upward? And all of a sudden now they look and say, well, Aaron Rodgers out of the division. Now the division becomes, you know, more compatible. I mean, maybe we can win that division now, whatever. But certainly they're looked at one of the teams that is up arrow and, and they can, and we're going to see them here, you know, again, when we start off the season, but again, they look like an up arrow franchise. That's what you want. That's what I want us to be. I want us to be up arrow. I don't care about fantasy football and is Bijan going to be a fantasy football guy. I don't care about all that stuff. I care about what actually happens on the football field. I care about what actually happens, the wins and losses. And when I go to ESPN.com, I can click on the NFL tab. I can click on the standings tab, and I can see us at the top. I can And I can click on the playoff tab, and I can see us in there somewhere. That's what I want out of the Falcons this year. So hope springs eternal. It's a new season. Now we've got some money that we were able to spend. Maybe we're going to add another piece or two before the start of the regular season. We still have some cash, nine or $10 million, whatever available. But again, give me a winning record and get this thing turned around to where I feel like we're an up arrow franchise and we're pointed in the right direction. Not just kind of floundering around, sitting even a game or two below 500 when it's all said and done. All right, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And as you're betting on Major League Baseball, as we're in the second half of the season, FanDuel has got you covered where you can get 10 times your first bet in bonus bets. That's up to $200 that you can land. So bet 20 bucks on FanDuel, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or whether you lose. It's $200 you can spend on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. And obviously, FanDuel is a safe, secure, and super easy to use app. And best thing about it is the fact that when you win, you get paid instantly. So head to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and claim your no sweat first bet where you can get as much as $200 in bonus bets, win or lose $200 in bonus bets. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel's the official partner of Major League Baseball. So close but no cigar, right? And, and maybe next year, okay? So we saw that Pro Football Focus had their top 50 players in the NFL, and it was disheartening to see no Falcons on that list. Every other team was represented. Even the bad teams were represented on the list. But no Falcons were on the list. And we've invested so much capital into the Pitts and the Londons and, you know, all these guys that we have. You know, there's certainly got to be somebody on the Falcons that could have broken through that top 50. Lindstrom's obviously, you know, one of the best interior offensive linemen in the NFL. Maybe he got jobbed. Maybe A.J. Terrell should have been on that list. But, again, the fact – and, by the way, Pro Football Focus, they love Kyle Pitts and Drake London and all these. They love A.J. Terrell. They love these guys. It isn't like it's a bias 
that sometimes creeps into. Pro Football Focus really likes these guys. So they put out their latest article where they're talking about 10 rookies and second-year players who could make the list in 2024. And Sam Monson was the guy who put together the, the top 50 list, but he has as the number one guy on his list as far as rookies or second-year players who can make the list potentially next year. He's got running back Bijan Robinson. Here's what he says about Robinson. Quote, by far the best rookie candidate to make this list. Robinson entered the draft hailed as one of the best running back prospects to come along in years, perhaps as far back as Adrian Peterson in 2007. He went to the run heaviest team in football in Atlanta. So expectations should be that he contends for the rushing crown right out of the gate. Now, I don't know about all of that, but okay. Um, if Robinson can achieve that and potentially showcase some of the skills in the passing game, it will be difficult not to buy into that hype and keep him off the list. So I, I understand. Okay. So will Robinson contend for the rushing title? Maybe. I, I, again, I'm not putting that expectation on B. John Robinson. And look, Arthur Smith and, you know, the Falcons rookies and stuff like that. They don't want to have those kinds of expectations. Just again, they, they work their rookies in sort of slow, right? We saw Algier who ran for a thousand yards, but he only had seven starts. We saw Richie Grant only play about 20% of the snaps in his rookie year. Again, Abbott Katie only had one start. That's the guy we're counting on to start off the edge and go get 10 sacks for us. And he made one start last year. And it wasn't like he had, you know, Lawrence Taylor or, you know, somebody like that in front of him. He had a bunch of vagabonds in front of him, right? So, again, could B. John Robinson have the breakout year of all breakout years and all this, that, and the other? Absolutely. And, and we're counting on I mean, that's part of how we're going to get ourselves good, right? Is guys like B. John Robinson really step up, and whether it's in the rookie year or second-year guys or what have you? Now, again, I, do I think that he's going to contend for the rushing title? I don't think that's going to be the case. And I think that Algier and uh, B. John Robinson will, will share carries. I don't think, I don't think Algier is going to go from 210 carries down to 60 carries. And, and, and I don't think that Tyler, or sorry, a B. John Robinson is going to have 350, 400 carries. So they're going to give both of those guys plus Cordero Patterson in the mix as well. We saw that Caleb Huntley got cut for medical reasons and all that kind of stuff. But Again, Cordero Patterson, you know, is still going to get some touches and some carries. They're going to factor him into the offense. And Ritter's going to have some carries, you know, on his own. But it's not like Robinson's going to carry it 400 times. And it's not like Tyler Algier is going to carry it 50 times. There's going to be that balance that mixes in to our offense. And I do think that they will throw it a little bit more than what they did this year. Not a staggering amount. I still don't think that they get to over 450 pass attempts, but I think the number was 413 or something like that last year. Very low 400s. I think that kind of creeps its way up a little bit where they maybe throw it a couple of more times a game. Still not going to be a pass-happy offense. Still not going to just chuck it all over the field like they did with Matt Ryan once he got into the groove and stuff. But again, you know, could Robinson be – the most likely candidate to 
go on this list next year? I guess. I mean, how do you, how do you, if, if Lindstrom has one more year like he had last year and he's a second, let's say he's another second team all pro, how do you leave a guy off the list? It's been two times second team all pro, all rookie team, and are arguably the best interior offensive lineman in the NFL. Now, how do you leave a guy like that off if, if for a third year, right? AJ Terrell, if he has that kind of bounce back season, again, they love AJ Terrell. I could definitely see AJ Terrell being on that list next year. So we obviously have a lot of candidates. And obviously when it comes to rookies and first year guys, look, I would love for B. John Robinson. Again, I, I've, I like the player. I didn't like the, the positional pick of him, but I recognize that he's a tremendous player. And look, at some point, you know, we've got to have these guys that dominate the league, right? And, and unfortunately, I'd love to be pass rush, but if we drafted tight ends and running backs and wide receivers, okay, then I got to have them dominate on the offensive side of the football. So again, could B. John Robinson be the breakout rookie of the season? And he's already, I think, the odds favorite to win offensive rookie of the year. Absolutely. I mean, again, I, I hope for all of that. We're not going to get good if guys like B. John Robinson are just kind of midland players. We're not going to get good if Drake London and Kyle Pitts are just kind of meh, midland kind of guys. So we'll see. I mean, obviously, we've got a long way to go you know, in this season. And obviously you hope for health first and foremost. Okay. No matter what his production is, stay healthy. That that's the first thing that, that I hope for. Okay. And then we'll evaluate what his production is and how good he is and whether he catches the football a lot, whether he runs the football, whatever we'll evaluate it. Then I don't, I don't necessarily agree with some of pro football focuses ideas about well, they can contend for the Russian town. Okay. Uh, again, that that's a, that's a correlation that I understand, but if you know the Falcons, you know that he's going to break down carries for everybody. Again, it's not like B. John Robinson is going to tote the rock 400 times in this offense. It'll be divided among other people and stuff like that. They'll be run heavy, and they probably will be, you know, again, the only team in the league that called more run plays than pass plays like they were last year. But I don't necessarily mean – I don't necessarily know how – that would translate into B. John Robinson having a massive workload. They work their rookies in, they'll balance them out. They make sure that they don't hit that sort of rookie wall that rookies hit in all sports. But again, I'm hoping that B. John Robinson is a candidate because at some point we have to have top 50 level players. At some point we have to have guys that are on the top 50. If we're going to have a successful franchise, who do you think dominates the list? You know, the Cincinnati's and the Kansas cities and the, and the Eagles and uh, okay. Where are those teams at? Oh, they're at the elite level. Oh, okay. Maybe that correlates to, if I have elite level talent, maybe that courts converts into, we get, you know, have one of the elite level teams and, and pick up a whole bunch of wins. So I'm hopeful for Robinson. Let's see what happens, but certainly I would love to see him on a list like this next year. All right, as you go in and make Hitting Hard your first listen, be sure to go on whatever podcast platform that you're listening on and leave us a comment in the section that you are an everyday listener to the program. So we like to call them our everydayers, and we do thank you so much for being a part of our community and being a part of the show every single day. So let us know that you're an everydayer, as we like to call them, that you listen in to the show five days a week. So was Devontae Campbell underappreciated? 
So he sent out yesterday a series of tweets um, where he was talking about his time in Atlanta. He started with this, okay? They just didn't understand. This is a quote. They just didn't understand how important me and Poole were to that defense. I called both of us the garbage men. We did all the dirty work and never got credit for it. They thought we were replaceable and have been chasing players like us ever since. All facts. And then he went on to say that, um, quote, they didn't understand how important I was and how much money I saved that team over four years. Now, again, Campbell has since cashed in, right? He signed a, a five-year, $50 million contract with the Packers. So, um, you know, again, he says he's treated second to none. Um, as far as his time in Atlanta, quote, the Falcons will always have a special place in my heart. They made a lifelong dream of mine come true, and I can never forget that. To all the fans that appreciated me while I was there, I will always love y'all forever. Much love and respect from number 59. So, you know, this is one of the guys that, you know, had been talked about the idea of when we were kind of in financial straits and things like that. And, and, and Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot both brought this up at the press conference when Matt Ryan was traded away and they were going to eat a whole bunch of dead money and everything for it. He talked about the idea of we need to sign our own guys, that we need to sign more of our own free agents. And they weren't able to do that with the Devondre Campbell who got a nice, you know, nice contract for a couple of years from the Arizona Cardinals. And now he's cashed in with the green Bay Packers. So that was when one of the hallmarks of what Arthur blank and Terry Fano have talked about is we have to keep our guys in house, right? What good does it do to have a guy blow up in his rookie contract and then not be able to sign him from there? Like that just kind of spins, you know, your wheels in the mud at, at that point, you don't gain any traction and, move your franchise forward. Do I think Campbell was under was underappreciated while he was here? I think so. I, I think in, in some ways he was looked at as an underappreciated player. You know, again, sometimes when you have a bad football team and you accumulate lots of stats for them, people look at you kind of sideways like, oh, well, he, he accumulated all those stats because he played for a bad team. And he was able to accumulate all those stats because of a bad team. Well... Again, Campbell, Campbell was a guy who, what, he led the NFL in tackles um, his final year here in Atlanta. Again, I do think he was a little bit underappreciated, especially for where he was drafted. You got a lot of production out of him for where he was drafted. So, again, you can't take that away, but it certainly would have been nice to be able to break off some money to him and sign him to a long-term contract to the team that drafted him because, again, you would feel like he would have an appreciation for all that. And he even said it that, you know, again, appreciate, you know, all my dreams coming true and all this, that, and the other. And we saw several of those guys walk out the door, right? Foyer, Luakun, you know, Devondre Campbell. We've seen some of those guys that have just walked out the door again, maybe in retrospect, it was a mistake to pay Deion Jones the money that he got versus signing a Devondre Campbell, but you kind of had to pick and choose. And Dion was looked at as the blueprint for what linebackers were going to be in the NFL. So I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but it didn't work itself out that again, he was able to adjust to this defense and, you know, be a fit for what we do nowadays. So 
I, I like Devondre Campbell a lot. I, I good dude. Um, obviously a an overachiever in some ways. Uh, balled out for this team. Really had some productive years for them. Was he underappreciated? Probably. I think fans, though, I, I and again, media is one thing, you know, but fans, I think, really appreciated the contributions that Devondre Campbell made to this franchise. And, and I think there's a lot more people that are on his side, you know, versus what the national media would, would ever be. You know, again, we latch on to some of these guys in the media. The media people latch on to some of these guys. And again, they're a lot more bark than they are bite or a lot more hype, you know, than anything else. But Campbell was a guy who delivered. He produced on the football field. And he was a jack of all trades when he was here as a linebacker for this team. And that would have been one of those guys that I would have liked to have seen stay here for years. But it worked itself out that, again, they couldn't, they didn't have the money to be able to re-sign him. And this all allowed us to kind of get in this mode now where, okay, moving forward, we're not in cab purgatory anymore. Until our quarterback, you know, whatever quarterback is going to be, until he blows up and then you got to pay him a whole bunch of money. But Campbell's a guy that I really liked, and I definitely think that in a lot of ways, he was underappreciated for his time here in Atlanta. He was a good player, played well for Dan Quinn. And again, you know, I would have liked to have seen the Falcons be able to keep him long-term, but financial constrictions made that almost virtually impossible. All right, well, thank you so much for making Hit and Heart with John Chuckery your first listen. Be sure to go in and leave us a comment on whatever podcast platform that you listen to us on, that you're an everyday listener to the program. We like to call them our everydayers, and we thank you so much for being a part of our community. You can also check us out uh, on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can subscribe there, let us know, and uh, you can get the latest episodes of Hit and Heart as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the SiriusXM app and give me a follow on my personal Twitter page, at JMCH316. Falcons training camp opening up officially tomorrow to the public. We'll be back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.